Okay, so tonight, preparing for battle is, is what we're going to be looking at tonight. And, uh, but before we get started, why don't we have a word of prayer, and uh, that way we can rest in God's care. Father, we love you and we praise you for this night. I thank you for what you have shown me in the study, and I just want to praise you for just the information, but more than anything, the, just the confidence to know that you've got everything under control. And no matter what is going on in the world today, you are directing things so that the world might see and understand its needs for a Savior. We just thank you for Christ Jesus tonight, and we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, preparing for battle uh, is, is our title. We, we are going to come at this from some different perspectives, but the first thing I want to ask is, remember when angels were the rage? You had the little chubby baby angels. You had warrior angels. You had all those different type things. It went away. Are we going to do the same thing we did last uh, on Sunday? Remember Sunday? Ah, okay. So we're going to try that one more time. And if it fails, I'm just going to teach from this and not even try it again. Okay? So let's see here. We're going to screen share auditorium. Okay, it's up. All right. Someone please tell me when it disappears, and then that way we're all on the same page. It's gone again. Okay, there it is. Okay. So T-shirts, figurines, uh, cherub babies, mighty flaming warriors. That was a period of time when angels were the rage. I mean, everybody was, you know, I think a lot of people made a lot of money on drawing angels and doing different things. But tonight we're going to talk a little bit about angels and some of the uh, doctrines about it, and the role that they play. So we're going to be looking at that. So in, in Daniel chapter 10 is where we're going to be. And in Daniel chapter 10, we're going to see a really wonderful illustration of how heaven is engaged with the earth, and then the demonic and angelic forces that are taking place within the world in which we live in right now. And one of the things we're going to need to do is prepare for battle. And in pre preparing for battle, it's running behind. It's not changing, is it? There we go. It's going to be one of those nights. So we're preparing for battle. And uh, in preparing for battle, we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. But we won't go there just right now because I'm going to come back to it here in just a little bit. But one of the things that... The Bible says that there's always going to be wars and rumors of wars. And right now, what's the greatest thing? What's going on right now? Talk to me. What's, what's going on in Eastern Europe? We've got Israel war going on. We've got Ukraine that is going on. Iraq is, there's stuff still in Iraq that's going on. And then there's a nemesis called uh, Iran that is still flexing their sword, and they're, they're looking at trying to start things with Hezbollah. And it, it, it's kind of a mess, isn't it? 
And this is a period of time when you really need strong leadership in place. And uh, let's just pray that the God of heaven will be merciful to our leader and give him the courage that he is going to need to lead this great nation in the way that it needs to go. And so as we, as we think about this period of time that we're living in and the wars that are going on here on earth and how we are as a people going to deal with it, we're going to see a cultural shift. Who would have ever thought that America would not side with Israel? 51% of people between the ages of 17 and 35, 51% favor Israel, 39% favor the Palestinians. Incredible. But in the upper age group, like the baby boomers, we are at like 87% in favor of Israel, and then there's a few 16% or so that are in favor of uh, the people that live in the Gaza area. And so that's how things have changed. And so the world in which we live in right now, uh, it's, it's really incredible what's happening, okay? So as we, as we prepare for tonight and as we begin to think about things, there is war going on on earth. And one of the things that we want to do is God strengthens us as we pray and engage in spiritual battle, okay? Now, what is anyone? What is spiritual warfare? What is spiritual warfare? I'll start with, yes. The battle between us and Satan. What else is it? Very good point, but there's something else. There's a heavenly body of angels, and then there's a what? There's demons, okay? And they're at war against each other. Absolutely. And so one of the things that we have that Daniel didn't have in the Old Testament times and in, in the time, in the biblical time before Christ came, is we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. And because we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us, we then have the ability to withstand Satan. But let's look and see what, what uh, the book of Daniel has to say and help us understand this. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 is where we're going to start. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. Now, the word vision there is marah, and it is the Hebrew word, okay? And we're going to be looking at that here in just a little bit. Third year of Cyrus, between 536 and 535 B.C., captivity started in 605 B.C., which means what? The 70 years is finally accumulating. It is now coming to where coming to fruition. Things are getting ready to happen. And so Cyrus came in, he conquered Babylon, and then the end of, of the Mesian and the, the Persians and the Medes, the Medes dropped off, now we have just the Persians, and the captivity is coming to an end, and there are people that have gone back to Jerusalem to build the temple and, and build the city and the walls at Jerusalem because they anticipated one day Messiah would come. So all these things are taking place, and we understand that. Now, this, man, this word here, 
the vision or mirah is the sight or the appearance of something. It's a phenomenon. It's a spectacle. It's the appearance of something that just kind of blows your mind. And so I would liken it to you walk into a teenage room and it's all clean. Or is that a vision? <laughs> That's a vision. <laughs> That's a vision. <laughs> Occasionally it happens when mom or dad goes in and helps them to start pulling things together, but we know it's a vision. Okay, Daniel chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, and then Daniel chapter 10. And I want to show you something in the way that they, this is written. Verse 23, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. This angel is talking to Daniel. Therefore, consider, therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision, the marah, the vision. Okay? It's a little bit different here that we see in Daniel chapter 10. But what is the vision? 70 weeks, verse 24 are determined. He's now getting a glimpse of the fact that the 70-year captivity is getting ready to come to an end, and because it's getting ready to come to an end, he is now going to see some things that are going to be revealed to him, and these revelations are going to just kind of set the world on edge, okay? I don't know. I, I wouldn't be foolish enough to speculate, but and I'm going to talk about it here a little bit later. The spiritual battle that's going on right now in Iran, Iraq, Israel, Syria, Yemen, Egypt, Jordan, all those places, okay? And if there are demonic forces that are over those areas, Mary Magdalene had demons in her. How many did she have? Anybody remember? She had seven. She had seven demons. And then there was another guy who Jesus asked me, he said, give me your name. And he said, we are legion, for we are many. So we understand that there are a great number of hosts of angelic forces that are out there that we have to, that we know that people are contending with. Okay, I'm going to do this just real quickly. I think I've got a pattern that I can do it really quick and get us going again. Nope, I don't think I do. So, <laughs> there was, in verse 1, in the New American Standard Version, we see that in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, okay? In the King James, it says pretty much the same thing, but the thing was, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And then the New American Standard and some of the other, the NEV Bible and others said, and it concerned great conflict. So you got this long appointed time and the great conflict, and that is going on because there's going to be a great conflict that's going on in heaven, and that great conflict has to do with the demonic forces. That, would you reboot that for me? That are going to be taking place. Now, the appointed time, this is pivotal because the 70 years is, is wrapping up. And if Israel doesn't return, the temple won't be built. The city walls won't go up. Jerusalem will not become the city of God again. 
and then Messiah will not come and be that sacrificial offering that's going to take place. So there's a demonic force that wants to stop that from taking place. And if it can stop it from taking place, then, of course, Satan wants to thwart the will of God and, the, and promote himself. Okay? So we see that that is happening. Now, so, in essence, what I'm saying is that there was a war in heaven. And we're going to see about that war in heaven here in just a little bit. And there was also a war on earth. Okay? Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 through 4. Just grab your Bibles and go there with me because the, uh, the satellite system is not beaming down. <laughs> Verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks, 21 days. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were Fulfilled, And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is uh, Hiddekel, or the Tigris River, this is where he was. Now, the Tigris River and where he was at was some 20 miles away from the capital city to where Daniel had gone out to pray and to seek God's face and to try to understand the vision that was going to be given to him. And so that's where he went. Now... He did that because he wanted to go and find out what God was going to do and what God was wanting to say to him while he was out. Okay? So, when we see this, not there yet, we see that Daniel had deprived himself of, of, of any of the pleasantries of life. But there are some people in the Bible that we know that didn't hold back from the pleasantries of life. One of those was Esau. And in Genesis chapter 25, Esau, and J in verse, the verse 29 through 34, and, Jacob's, um, and Jacob sought pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with some of that red pottage. Man, I'm so hungry I could die, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do for me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and swear unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. So Daniel deprived himself of some of the good things in life because he wanted to seek God's face. Daniel fasted. He gave himself to wanting to understand what God was, was doing in his life. I have to be honest, there are times that I have given myself to, to seek God's face and I wanted an answer and I still want that answer. But having the tenacity to go 21 days, really being concentrated and focused on God, giving me an answer to what I've prayed for, I have failed miserably. I don't know if you've, you've had that opportunity in your life to, to really dig deep into what God is trying to do in your life and the life of others to where you can ex explain it and define it and know for certain what he's doing in such a way that you can be a blessing to others. But I know that in my life, I know there are some things that I want God to do, but they haven't happened. And boy, does that hurt sometimes. They, it hasn't happened. 
Is it because maybe I didn't pray hard enough? Maybe I didn't seek his face the way I should have been seeking his face. But whatever the reason was, things did not come together. In Luke chapter 12, verse 20, the gods said unto, there was an individual who was a farmer. He'd had bumper crops. Everything in his life was going well. And he said, I might as well build me bigger barns. God is blessing me so much that I can just now sit back and rejoice in his blessings. God's been so good to me that I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to put all my stuff in there, and then one day I'm going to sit back and say, so had enough. I'm going to just sit back, take it easy. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry because look at what God's given me. But what did Jesus call him? You're a fool. My grandmother, my big mama, always told me, Never call anybody a fool. Never spit on anybody. When a woman walks into a room, stand up. And I won't tell you that once. You always stand up when a woman walks into a room. And little bitty guys, I remember jumping up. (laughs) What are you doing? A lady just walked in. I was kind of raised that way, and that that was the way it was. But this man had... But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and those who shall those things be which thou hast provided. This individual gave up. He didn't seek any pleasantries. He didn't self-sacrifice. He didn't self-denial, but he wanted to keep those things that he had. And so we see that. But then there was a man named Moses. And in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25 and 26, we see that, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Okay? And so esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Man, how many times we see in Scripture the many people that have given themselves over to either to their own desires and their lusts, and things have turned out to be just the opposite for them, and then otherwise we've seen different things happen for them, okay? Now, let's move on to a different area now because as we look at this, Daniel in verses 5 through 9, this is a very interesting portion of Scripture. This portion of Scripture really has is, is opened my eyes up to a, to a great number of things. Then I, did, then, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, behold, a certain man. Now, this man was clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold above his, and his body also were like the uh, barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like the color of polished brass." And the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, and they, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone, and I saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in into corruption, and I retained no strength. 
Yet I heard the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep and my face toward the ground. The presence of this individual was so great, so majestic, and yet so reverent that Daniel fell on his face at the sight of what was going on. And what he did here, he saw a marah, not a marah, the vision, of the, the, the mode of revelation. Something had came to him now to show him with his eyes he could see something that was getting ready to happen. Now, I want to show you something because this is, a, this is an interesting portion of Scripture. In Daniel chapter 10, verses 5 through 9, I read, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, as we read through it, he says that, uh, and I'm sorry, because when that goes out, then about 10 seconds later, my screen goes black. <laughs> and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about his chest with a golden girdle, and this other gentleman, this person was described in Daniel chapter 10, had, he was girded about with fine gold. Now, his face was as the appearance of lightning in Daniel. In Revelation, his head and his hairs were like wool and white as snow. In Daniel, his eyes were as a lamp of fire. In Revelation, his eyes were as a flame of fire. Get the, get the picture here. So what we're seeing is that Many of the commentators say that this was the incarnate Christ. Others say it was just, it was an angel. But if you look at the, the prepositions and the, the style of language, the way this is written, you'll begin to understand that, that there were two separate people. There was this vision of this person that stood before him. Then the person that touched Daniel was a different person. Okay, now, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, he says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. Jesus said, or the Lord said, that he would come and visit at that time. Some commentators believe that this was the exact period of time that Jesus came as the incarnate, he, the incarnate Christ, and he made his presence known to the people at that time through that particular verse of scripture. So it was, it's, it's kind of interesting to start putting all this together. Okay? Now, let's move on. Screen goes black. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I'll just stay with this. <laughs> ah, this is terrible. So, Here's the point that I want to just make just real quickly. Daniel prayed for 21 days. And he concentrated and he devoted himself and he experienced the denial of many things because he wanted to get an answer from God. So in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, this is a, this is a fascinating portion of Scripture. And I want us to just kind of exegete this real clearly. Daniel chapter 12, chapter 10, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand 
and to chasten thyself before God, before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. As soon as we pray, sometimes the answer is dispatched out of glory that quick. And as soon as Daniel prayed, the answer was sent out by a messenger, and an angel was en route to get to Daniel. Okay? So we know that, that our prayers, you know, God said, God hears our prayers, and we understand that not only does he hear our prayers, he knows the thoughts and intents of the heart. So he knows when we're going to pray. So he can almost anticipate how he's going to respond to us. So when we see this, so what we're seeing here is in um, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting, because it's not a person that he's talking about here. Okay? The prince of the kingdom of Persia is a spiritual being, not King Cyrus, but a spiritual one. And this spiritual person, or this spiritual angelic person, person, angelic being, was prohibiting the answer from getting to Daniel. Think about that. That when I pray and I anticipate God's answering my prayer, it gets right to him in glory, just like that. And his answer delays sometimes. There's been people we've prayed for for a lot of years, and they've not gotten saved, they've not been saved, then all of a sudden they get saved. And so our, our prayers are being answered, and they're being answered miraculously. But now, listen to this. The prince of the kingdom of Persia, some commentators say that, that Satan has divided his demons up and they're over regions or kingdoms. And there's, there's demons that are trying to influence the movings and the workings in this kingdom. And there are demons trying to do the same thing in another kingdom. And so I ask you tonight, do you, do you believe that there is something spiritual going on in the Middle East right now. Absolutely. And, and whatever is going on, whatever is being moved over there, when someone can butcher babies in the name of, I don't know if they even give it a name, but if you can do that, there's something evil that's going on there. And so they believe a lie and will not believe the truth even if it's in their face because God has given them up. And some people he's given up to a reprobate mind. Some he's let their conscience be seared with a hot iron so that there is no tenderness, there is no acceptance of the natural, normal course of things that humans generally deal with. And so this person withstood me one in 20 days below Michael, not me, <laughs> Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king's 
Notice he said this plural, kings of Persia. So it's remarkable that when Daniel prayed, God sent his powerful heavenly being to bring him the vision of the future. And that was getting ready to happen to him. But in all of that, we know that there was a struggle that was taking place in heaven. And this struggle we're going to see just a little bit of here in just a second. So the great struggle that was taking place. Now, a remarkable glimpse into the battles that are being waged in heaven. There's spiritual warfare. I'm going to give you three examples of spiritual warfare that, that has taken place that many of you would know and understand. Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. There are scenes in heaven in which the devil and his angels appear before the throne of God. And God asked Satan himself, have you considered my servant Job? How would you like for the Lord to say, have you considered my servant? <laughs> have you considered Dave, Doran? Have you considered them? What type of people they are? Throw anything, throw anything at them. And they'll not deny me. Throw sickness at them. Throw poverty at them. Throw heartbreak at them. But they're not going to deny me. First Kings chapter 22. And Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat and King Ahab. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And uh, Ahab was the king of Israel in First Kings chapter 22. And Jehoshaphat. They were wanting to take back this one city, and they were trying to get all of the prophets to give them a favorable reading. You know, it's like, hey, we want to go take this city. Tell us that God's on our side. Tell us what we want to hear. Okay? And, and basically, verse, 20, verse 4, excuse me, 7, and Joseph said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, there is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But <laughs> listen to what Ahaz said. But I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. And so they go from that point, and the prophet said, I see the children of Israel scattered, and their leaders dead, and they're scattered about. He was giving them an example of saying to them that God was not going to be on their side to go into this battle. The third example I want to show you of spiritual warfare that gives us a better glimpse of what's going on is in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 4. And he showed me Josiah, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? So we, we, we have instances in the scripture of the spiritual warfare that is taking place in and around us. And then lastly, the one that I found in, in Revelation chapter 12 that I'd like to share. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. 
And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down. And he accuses them before God day and night. If I read that right, there is some conflict that's going on. Who wants to be picked on? Can I pick on you tonight? So there's a, there's a conflict going you're pickable. <laughs> so in heaven, there, there is forces saying, she's no good. She's rotten. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> she's no good. She's rotten. She'll forsake you, God. And then there's King Jesus who said, you know, no, she's mine. Amen. She's been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. But for those who have not been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, that battle rages. And that's why people are pulled and pushed. And that's why we see such a crazy world right now. And it's going on, and it's going on in such a way that it baffles the mind. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, there's another example I want to show you. I've shown you some of the bad things that are happening in heaven and, and the demons and things like that. But let's talk about some good things now. Okay? Luke chapter, seven, chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus is speaking here. He said, I say unto you likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. When I got saved... I received my own hallelujah chorus with the angels. Michael got saved. He's came to Christ. He has repented of his sins. He's accepted, accepted the finished work of Christ on the cross. And the angels sang. I don't know what they sang, but it must have been pretty good for God to have it going on over and over and over and over again. Has he caught, are they singing your name? And that's what they're wanting to do. Let me, let me go on. So we go on. Either he gives another parable. What woman had, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece and doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Have you ever been to someone's house and had a great time? There's good food, good company, and, uh, oh, I, I got to brag a little bit. <laughs> I got the chocolate cake that, uh, the German chocolate cake that Lee Bilo made. Guess, guess who outbid everybody to get that? I'm not bragging, but <laughs> I did. <laughs> and that cake is some kind, well, it's half gone now. I kind of hate to admit I've eaten half of it since Sunday. I shouldn't have said that. The only, <laughs> the only other thing I want is my bird house. Her, her husband built me a bird house. That's of what kind of wood is that? That's, uh, I think it's, it's cedar and redwood. Oh, it smelled good in the garage. And I would bring it every year for the auction and outbid everybody to take it back home. 
And I did that for about four or five years, and then I was out of town one night doing the uh, auction, and guess who stole it back? I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> she said, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, let's, let's try to wrap up Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verse 15. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, like one of the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me straightway there remain no strength in me, neither is there any breath in me. The appearance is so overwhelming that that it just takes almost the life out of a human. Then came, then there came again and touched me one that appearance is like of the like of man, and he strengthened me. And said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto ye. Be ye strong, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou whence I come? Unto thee, and now will I return to fight the prince of Persia. I brought you your answer, but I got to go back and fight some more. It's not just a single conquest of, of being able to say, Ah, God gave me the victory. Now I can sit back and just enjoy life. No, it's a constant battle. The accuser of the brethren is going to go before God day and night trying to make sure that he can discredit who you are. But we have to keep claiming the name of Jesus. He's going to come back again and going to try to get us to say, you know, maybe all this is not worth it all, but oh, remember the rejoicing in heaven. But the accuser of the brethren is going to try his best to tear you down. Life sometimes can be tricky. Life sometimes can be frustrating. Life can be just hard and almost not worth living. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he that is in the world doesn't care a lick about who you are. You may be someone's grandma or sister, a brother, a uncle, or whoever you might be, but our enemy doesn't care. And whatever he can get to get us or to get at us to make us stumble, trust me, he's going to come. Now, what did, what did the angel say? Daniel, I've brought you this great news, but I got to go back now and continue to contend against the prince of Persia. The battle is not like that and it's over, but it's a constant fight. I wrestle daily sometimes with this guy named Michael Gentry 
sometimes he frustrates me because he's not the person I think he ought to be. And I find myself rejoicing sometimes even in the midst of the battle. I have to just rejoice. I have to claim and know that he is my God. He is my salvation. He is my hope. He is my deliverer. There is joy in serving Jesus. I have to say that. Not that I'm convincing myself, but I have to state the facts of who I am. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And Bill, I don't act righteous all the time, but that's who I am. Whew. Glory, hallelujah. You know, I don't know if the angels wave their hand in glory <laughs> or maybe they flap their wings. I don't know what they do. But I do know this, that they're, they're anticipating and hoping that anybody that you can reach that will give glory to God, that they can rejoice about it. Man, there's rejoicing in heaven. One day we're going to be there. One day, bop, the trump's going to sound. And what's going to happen? The dead in Christ are going to what? Rise up. There's going to be people standing near a cemetery, see bodies going up. Little ones, old ones, middle-aged ones going up. Some people are going to go, Oh, what's going on in this world? Things are, gonna, things are terrible. Others are going to go up with an expectation that the dead in Christ are going to rise. Then those who remain are going to be what? Caught up. We're going to go up together right through the roof. And people are going to... Now, uh, MSNBC... What is going to be the headline the next day? Mass alien abduction. <laughs> Two-thirds of the whole population of the world just went to glory, and we don't know where they went, but it had to have been aliens. But worse than that, there's going to be some people crying their heads off. I thought I was a believer. I thought... I would go up with them, but here I am left on this earth. And the bad thing about what being left on this earth is this going to usher in the seven-year period of the tribulations. And that is when that that holds back the demonic spirits is going to be released. And all sorts of lawlessness and evil is going to take over this world. And when it takes over this world, it's going to be like you've never seen. There are going to be people killing and murdering and doing things that would just... The Old Testament talks about there was a people that, that they got so lost in their sin, they lost the ability to blush. Nothing shamed them anymore. <sighs> Isn't that funny? And that's the kind of world that we are almost in right now. Man, if the Holy Spirit of God wasn't holding things together right now, can you imagine? 
No, wait, I don't want to imagine. What I need to know is that there are some brothers and sisters of mine and cousins and friends and neighbors that need to know the saving message of Christ so that they don't have to live here and experience what they're going to have to experience. I think there will be people saved following the rapture. I believe that. I think that things will be so bad that they'll have to turn to the only thing that they know to turn to. There are going to be those that are going to run hide on the rocks. There's going to be all sorts of things going to hide us from the wrath of that which is to come. And when that wrath is poured out, there, there are... There are scriptures in the book of Revelation that talks about the blood flowing all over the world. The flowing of blood. It's going to be bad. So, when I think about Hamas and what's going on in Israel right now, I, you pray and you hope. But I've said this before and I'll say it again tonight. Has things gotten any better since you were told they were going to get better when you were young? Has it gotten worse? Man, and it's gonna get worse. Or is that a word? Worser? Just worse. Okay, I can't use worser. I like worser. Where I'm from, worser sounds good. <laughs> Daniel's vision put him on his face. He was just. Couldn't hardly speak. How can I, a man like me, talk to you? But he touched him and then and told him to get up. Now, I, I think it's really interesting. And there must be a pattern here. God puts you down so he can pick you up and put you on a different plane. I don't like... I don't care for, I don't like, didn't care for the politics of the guy, I won't even mention his name. He would say some things, I'd just go, is he nuts? But one thing he did say is, you know, he said, you know, you can't keep a person in the ditch unless you stay there in the ditch with them. I like that one. I want to lift up mankind, but I want to lift him up through the name of Jesus, not the name of Allah, not the name of trans, not the name of any other, anything that you can throw out there, but at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. And there are people right now, it's... It, it scares you. I am able to be in some places and see some things that just blow my mind. And I look at the world of Harriet right now, and it's, it's interesting. It is really interesting. But in all of the bad that's going on, our hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood righteousness. I dare not trust in anything else but a holy lean <laughs> who on Jesus name on Christ the solid rock I stand on.
all, all other sin is sinking sand. Father, we love you so much tonight. And 